0: Back for another edition of the Great Lakes Divide podcast, the post-mortem of Michigan's 21-7 victory in East Lansing that left a lot of drama in its wake, most of it happening before the game and after the game, but very little of the drama occurring during the game. It was a contest that the Wolverines dominated, they committed more yards and penalties, 99, than the Spartans had of total offense, 94, Michigan State could not run the football, both in volume and in quantity. Uh, Short version, Michigan was the better team. Adam Biggers was there for us covering it from the Michigan perspective. Of course, I was in East Lansing uh, covering all the post-game press conference material for the Michigan State side of things. And Adam, we'll start with you. I just wanna get your general reflections on the game itself. What stood out to you about Michigan? What were you proven right about? What maybe surprised you? What did you come away f- feeling and thinking?
1: Well, I mean, I went into it thinking that Michigan uh, was the better team, and it, it clearly was. I, I think, you know, like I've been saying leading up to it, the pound-for-pound pound position group by position group, and Michigan State had injuries, um, you know, Michigan just looking like the stronger team in general. So, I mean, I'm not really I'm, – I'm surprised – I mean, I had a 24-13, which I think it probably could have got a little bit out of hand if, I mean, Michigan State scored its uh, only touchdown on a trick play from Daryl Stewart to Lewerke. And, I mean, other than that, Michigan really shut them down in, in all areas. I mean, holding them to 16 yards, rushing, I think that's a low in the D'Antonio era for any game. And then Michigan State had 94 total yards. And, you know, we all hear the joke about how they had more yards and uh, during their on-field pregame walk, how Michigan had more yards and penalties. I mean, what really stood out to me was just the way that uh, Michigan's game plan. A lot of people were—I saw tweets, huge uh, actually—tweeted that Harbaugh uh, our, our got coached out, out coached offensively. I just don't see it. I think in a game where weather was going to play a factor, uh, Michigan Michigan ran the ball uh, 53 times for 183 yards, nearly tripling Michigan State's per game average, and that was the number one rush defense in the country. So, I think uh, offensively. Uh, Jim Harbaugh coached a pretty good game. I think the game plan was there. You know, people want to see maybe Michigan go a little bit deep sometimes. There was a, DPJ was wide open earlier for a touchdown instead. Uh, uh, Patterson ended up going to Nico or not Nico, but uh, Nick Eubanks for 25 yards, and um, he found Nico Collins in the, in the back of the end zone uh, for a touchdown as well. But I mean, there's little there's little stuff that you know that can be fine tuned. All the time, but uh, I was able to catch up with Michigan defensive coordinator Don Brown uh, during the conference call today. Harbaugh wasn't available, so we'll get to that a little bit later. But I mean, yeah, just the I mean, all for 12 on third down, Michigan State wasn't able to do anything. Uh, 1.8 yards per play for the Spartans, uh, less than a yard per rush. I mean, if you go down the, the stats, right? I mean, it really looks like I mean, Michigan 320, 395 total yards to 94 total yards. I mean, this was a this was a game where Michigan dominated in every form and fashion, and realistically, you know, this should have probably been a, you know, a twenty-eight-seven, thirty-one-seven. I feel like Michigan Michigan left a touchdown to ten points on the field easily, so um, it was a great win for Michigan, and it proved, you know, now we could stop with that narrative that Michigan can't win big games because Michigan has just won two back-to-back big games, one on the road in East Lansing. So it, it showed me a lot about the Wolverines.
0: They'll get an opportunity for a bye week here. Well-earned, well-deserved, well-needed for Michigan before they prepare to have Penn State come to town and visit. They sit in the catbird seat at number 5 overall in the rankings. They are the highest-rated Big Ten team left after Ohio State was stunned by Purdue. And there's the second-highest-rated one-loss team, LSU, the only team ahead of them. And LSU is going to have their chance one way or the other at home against Alabama coming up in short order. And the winner of that game will likely emerge as the favorite to be the SEC participant. If there's one, maybe two for the college football playoff. But that sort of talk right now is very realistic for the Wolverines. And it makes you it makes you wonder why we keep reverting back to something Adam just touched on, which was the pregame walk. I don't know that in my time, both covering and following the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, that I've seen this big of argument over something this stupid in the entire I could say 35 plus years I've been aware of Michigan versus Michigan State going back to the days of Anthony Carter but here we are so Adam in the Monday press conference Jim Harbaugh had an opportunity to do what Mark Dantonio did today which is punt the conversation entirely and said I'm done with that or reiterate what he said following the post game on Saturday or What he chose to do, Adam, which you were there in living color in Ann Arbor, he doubled, tripled, quadrupled down. He said, oh, and by the way, and added Mark D'Antonio's own quote. I mean, I was sitting there listening to his comments in awe of the fact that if there's anybody right now with a chip on his shoulder, it's Jim Harbaugh, not Mark D'Antonio.
1: Well, and, you know, I think at first – Yesterday, we people were kind of wondering, okay, where is this going to go? I mean, I think that he said his piece after the game on Saturday, and I thought that that would be it. And then when it was brought back up, he pulled a note out of his pocket. So he was clearly ready to go for it. And, yeah, like you said, he went two, three, four times in. that uh, he wants the athletic directors, Ward Manuel and Bill Beekman, to speak to each other about this. It's like uh, I wrote on our, a column um, last night about it, and it's on, a, it's on our site, GreatLakesDivide.com. It's like two two school kids getting in, in a fight on on the on the playground, and you know the principals can't take care of it. Their teachers, so now they got to go, you know, to the school board or superintendent and try to get this thing resolved. And I mean, it is it is stupid that there's so much bickering over it. But I, I think where the the problem is, and Jim Harbaugh alleges that it's deliberate. Michigan State says that it isn't deliberate. I mean, they're. One of the sides are lying, and I think that that's the root of the issue. It's not so much that we're bickering, you know, people are bickering back and forth about this and who said what and when. I mean, there's got to be a factual timeline of events, and and one of the sides are lying about it. So I think that that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, Mark, Mark D'Antonio today during – I saw a video of his press conference. He started it with saying that he didn't want to talk about the incident um, itself. So I, I got him on the conference call, and I respectfully said, Mark, you know, I know that you. Uh, I don't know if you've mentioned this has been mentioned, but I asked him about Lowry, and we have audio of that later. Uh, that wasn't the most pleasant exchange that I've ever had. But uh, you know, Mark D'Antonio obviously upset about the loss, and and uh, the idea of, of talking anything about Michigan anymore probably isn't uh, isn't his cup of tea at the moment. Which I mean, I can't blame him, but at the same time, you got to realize you're going to get questions about that. It was a big game. Michigan's got a bye week, so. Us on the Michigan side of things, Michigan beat reporters. I mean, this topic's going to still live for another week, whether it should or or shouldn't. And it it's it's become it's it's. I don't want to call it a molehill. I mean, there was a there was an issue, but it's graduated to something that's just so much bigger than what it should have been. I mean, when we look at it for what it was, Devin Bush scraping the Spartan head, a Michigan State clipping players. Okay, right there, boom. Um, you know, clipping Lawrence Marshall and allegedly removing the headphones uh, from Levert Hill's ears. So, I mean, boom, boom, you got those, take care of it. Jim Harbaugh was was saying, you know, um, on Monday that it could have been a, a lot worse. And he was saying, you know, calling it unsportsmanlike in Bush League was putting it mildly. And he didn't seem to have a problem to go back and revisit it. He had some choice words. He, he used Mark D'Antonio a few years back when Mark D'Antonio said it's not a product of their team it's a product of their program uh jim harbaugh kind of threw that in reverse and back into antonio's face so i mean you could see that there's this is definitely personal it's gotten a lot personal and it, i mean it is it good for the rivalry probably but at the same time it's it's kind of a stupid little thing and you know it goes back if you want to liken this to brothers i mean this is like something brothers would fight about this is something you know kids would fight about on the playground and uh um, You know, it's not it's not the greatest look for both sides. But at the same time, if this was a premeditated act by Michigan State, then I do think that it's fair to address it. And if there's evidence that shows that and Jim Harbaugh seems to think that there's plenty of evidence, he called it an orchestrated stormtrooper march. I mean, this guy, this guy was not uh, holding back um, on his thoughts at all. So I don't think that Harbaugh would would go out on a limb like this if he didn't truly believe that Michigan was wrong. Now. Was Michigan wronged? We've seen statements from both sides. You know, nobody's admitting fault to this. You know, Michigan State saying, hey, we stuck to the routine. We uh, asked you guys to leave. You guys didn't leave. Michigan's saying, um, you know, not everybody was notified at once. I was able to confirm with the Michigan Athletic Department that members of the athletic staff were asked to, to leave the field. But not everybody was asked at the same time. And kind of the logistics So who went to who. And asked, and when they asked, that's still kind of foggy. So, again, Ryan, this is a this is a big. I mean, it's, it's a big to do about. I don't want to say it's nothing, but I mean, this thing is getting. Uh, you know, it's it's grown into a monster, like I wrote on GreatLakesDivide.com. So it's we should be talking about Michigan's 21-7 win. We should be talking about where does Michigan State go after this? We should be talking about how Harbaugh's two and two against Michigan State, and both of his road wins have been in dominating fashion. Or at least that 2016 felt like a bigger win than 32-23. We should be talking about all that stuff, uh, but we're not. We're talking about some headphones getting taken off LaVert Hill's head and Lawrence Marshall getting clipped and, and uh, you know, Devin Bush doing his raging bull impression at, at midfield at Spartan Stadium.
0: All of that, which Adam referenced, is available, as he mentioned in his article, greatlakesdivide.com. You can find it there. Let's go to the coaches right now, though, Uh, the brothers, as Adam put it, and get their perspective, their comment on the matter. First, Jim Harbaugh, then today, on Tuesday, Mark D'Antonio.
2: I I don't think it's going to have any kind of effect uh, moving forward. But, um, you know, I'll I'll give you my thoughts on it. It was... uh, I know I did right after the game, but um, when you host a team, you know, both teams you share the field. Each has a sideline. Each gets half of the field to to warm up on, and, and uh, you know that then Michigan State locked arms and used every inch of the field in their walk to to uh, you know, attempt to. You know, going through or over our guys in a physical manner. So, um, you know, to call that unsportsmanlike or to call that bush league uh, is putting it mildly. Uh, that that could have been a that could have been a, a real unfortunate incident. And and uh, you know, as I said, um, you know, it's, it's the opposite of BS. Well, Coach said that was BS, but this is that, that's not BS. That's uh, that's fact. That, uh, I think it's something now the two athletic directors really need to get there together and talk about. And I'll, I'll go one step further and, uh, and use Coach D'Antonio's words from, from a few years back. It's, it's not a product of a team, but their program. And, uh, again, that's, that's using his words, but right? that could have that been, been an unfortunate deal. And I'm proud of our guys for keeping their cool. And- the game though. What was your opinion of uh, what Devin did at midfield? Is that something you address? Did you have any thoughts on that? No, that's. I mean, no, I don't. I don't. I don't blame Devin. Uh, you know, I, I like the way our guys handled it. I mean, that, that'd be like that'd be like going back and saying, "Oh, look at Devin Bush! Look at him out there." He's out of midfield, scraping up the uh, the logo uh, after what just took place. I mean, that would be, I mean, that's straight out of the the Pistons playbook. You know, you know, do something to them, say something to them, you know, elbow them, and then when they're when somebody else does something, you know, back then flop. Uh, so that that's how I think about that uh, as well. As again, it's it's unsportsmanlike. It's and that is putting
3: it very well. First of all, I might as well get things out of the way here in regards to recent uh, recent uh, comments, and et etc. You know, every every uh, every week I, I sort of get a gold card. I sit down and make a gold card every week. And on that gold card, I try and prioritize what's important in my life. So when I look at it, and I go boom, 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 right down the list. And The first thing I'm gonna say about this, I'm not gonna have any more comments about the situation. I made my comments and I'm gonna let God take care of my battles. That's number one. Number two, I'm gonna take care of my family. Number three, I'm gonna take care of this football program and represent it with class. Number four, I'm gonna worry about Purdue and worry the X and O's and the personnel involved in that and that's it. So I'll take no other questions about that and we'll get on with Purdue. Otherwise, this will be the shortest conference, and you guys all drove up here for nothing. So I'll take questions on Purdue. So you hear
0: from both coaches there, and just to put a bow on this, Adam, I'm trying to break this down. I already did. I called it from Mark D'Antonio's perspective in a tweet. You can look up the timestamp on it. I said he's going to bring it up. He's going to address it the way he wants to address it. He's going to nip it in the bud, and he's going to say, I'm not going to take any more questions on it. It's exactly what happened to a T. In fact, he threatened further that if we did ask him questions about it, the press conference would end and it would be the shortest press conference in the history of press conferences. What I ask you, and again, final point here we see the statement from Ward Manuel, Athletic Director, of Michigan. We see the counter statement by Ben Flagger, Athletic Communications Director for football and Michigan State University. How much of this do you believe is purely? psychological, not necessarily entirely fabricated, but amped up by Harbaugh to create his own chip and basically say, touche, Coach D'Antonio, for years, you're the team, you're the school, you're the program, you're the coach that's taken this rivalry more seriously. I'm going to up the ante and I'm going to dwell on this to turn the tables. I get a feeling there's a lot of calculation going on right here by Jim Harbaugh with this.
1: I mean, there might be, but I mean, I guess that that would imply that he, he, you know, he wanted the whole thing to happen. I think after the incident, okay, make the most of it. How can he, you know, use this as momentum? Yeah. But what what I'll say, though, Ryan, about Michigan State side and with Mark D'Antonio coming out and saying what he said at the press conference with his response to my question, if you if you're not in the wrong, then. Why are you shutting down and saying, okay, now I don't want to talk about this, and then he even says, you know, I'm going to let God handle it. I mean, th- I think that's kind of going a little bit far. If you're not in the wrong, you should be open to explaining, hey, this is what happened. We explicitly said this, and it's, to me, I mean, I'm just not getting, it, I'm not getting the transparency that I think that we would like to see from Michigan State. If Michigan State truly wasn't in the wrong, and I'm not picking sides here, I mean, I think both sides have uh, it made points. Michigan State provided a time when it said, "Hey, this is when we went on, went for our walk. This is when we left. This is when we arrived at the field at 10:02 a.m." And Jim Harbaugh disputes that. He said that he was told 9:45 for the walk, and then 9:55 for the walk, and then he said it was actually um, not until 10 minutes later that they arrived. So 10:05 or 10:02. You know, we're talking a three-minute gap here. And I mean, all the all these little details. But I mean, if I'm if I'm Michigan State and I'm I, and I know 100 percent, I mean, if you're if you're innocent and you're being accused, I mean, Jim Harbaugh is essentially accusing Mark D'Antonio of a setup. I mean, if you want to shoot this down and tear it down, say, look, ha ha, hey, great evidence, Jim. But look, these are the facts and boom, this is what we have. And I mean, Michigan State did that to an extent. But then shutting it down and, and not going to explicitly explain it further. I mean, Jim Harbaugh had several points that he was ready to bring up and, and and go to war for. So I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not picking sides here, but I mean, it does not it doesn't reflect well on Michigan State side right now. And this is this whole situation is certainly playing into Michigan's advantage. So yeah, to answer your question, as far as you know, use it as a as a mental thing. And it, Jim, I mean Jim Har, Jim Harbaugh knows how to make lemonade out of a lemon. Put it that way. And that's what he's doing. They're all drinking big, nice glasses full of lemonade right now. And he's in Ann Arbor while, while they see Mark D'Antonio, you know, boiling over in East Lansing.
0: No question about it, Adam. And I'll, I'll reiterate my take in knowing the psychology of Jim Harbaugh as well as one can from the outside. And what I watch with him and what I feel I get about him is he saw an opening, not that he wanted this to happen necessarily planned for it to happen. Two guys stayed on the field after Coach Manny, according to Brian Lewerke, asked them politely to step aside so Michigan State could do their walk, which they've done for 12 years, all dozen years under Mark D'Antonio. And a couple of guys who you named chose not to. Okay, they stood their ground. Michigan State stood theirs. It was irresistible force versus immovable object. We saw the result of that. And Harbaugh, again, I think as an opportunist, and I say this as a compliment, this isn't tongue-in-cheek, this isn't sarcasm. He saw that opening and said, finally, there's something I can sink my teeth into to turn this rivalry on its head, to give us the edge and momentum and psychology and motivation, and I'm going to run with it. And he did and I don't fault him at all for that because what has happened here, Adam, and what I can speak to from the Michigan State side of this rivalry now is their worst nightmare, and that is Michigan takes this rivalry just as seriously as Michigan State does now. Michigan is awake. The kids would say they're woke. They're aware of what this game means. Jim Harbaugh cried in the locker room afterward, Adam. That's on video. And again, what I'll say is I would say Finally, as a Michigan fan that has been frustrated, what I would feel is, yeah, you got to get as angry as Michigan State gets for this. You have to hate them as much as the Spartans hate you. And I think we've finally arrived at this point, and I think this is an enormous win for Jim Harbaugh, for the reasons I just stated, for the hurdle it just cleared, and for the possibilities that it opens up for a Michigan football program that now can seriously think about a Big Ten title, a championship, and a college football playoff
1: appearance. Absolutely. And I mean, and, you know, you make good points about using, I mean, is this their, is this their moment right there? This is their, their battle cry. Look how Michigan state latched on to little brother. And again, I mean, Chase Winovich bring that, maybe that comes back to bite them in the rear, Um, you know, but I mean, when how Mark D'Antonio hung on to the little brother and that has motivated and Michigan state does everything every single day, um, you know, to, to reference Michigan, focus on Michigan, prepare for Michigan. Now Jim Harbaugh's got his his little brother moment, his moment of disrespect, right? Michigan State was disrespected by Mike Hart and that the whole little brother comment and more disrespect down the years. Now Jim Harbaugh's got his moment where he goes, Hey, you know what? Michigan State, screw those guys. And yeah, this is this is exactly that's his that's this moment for him. So I mean, um game on, I guess. <laughs> I mean he's two and two now. <laughs> two wins on the road. I mean he's uh he's a botched uh punt. From being three and one, and maybe he's, you know, riding Karan Higdon a little bit more last year. Away from being four and zero, I mean, they lose that game fourteen to ten, and still wanted to throw the ball in the monsoon when Karan Higdon at the time was averaging like six yards per carry. A point that Larry lake of the Associated Press asked Harbaugh last year, and a point that he that he sticks to, and I and I completely agree. And now, and we see what Karan Higdon can do. So, I mean, if you know, if Michigan maybe went to Karan Higdon a little bit more. And, uh, O'Neill didn't botch that punt. We might be talking about Jim Harbaugh 4 0 against, against, uh, Michigan State. So, I mean, all of the above applies. And yeah, this is, this is, this was Michigan State's, or this was Michigan's moment of disrespect. Look what they did to our guys. Look how disrespectful they, they ambushed us, that kind of thing. And Jim Harbaugh is going to use that and say, are you going to let these guys, and now it's every, every year. Um, this is, this is going to be the moment that defines them every year, of playing Michigan State. You remember, when we were ambushed in East Lansing, that's going to be the that's going to be the pregame speech every single year.
0: And let's get that uh, comment because it was so iconic. I think it will live for some time. It might be good. It might come back to haunt them. Chase Winovich on the field, emotional after the win over Michigan State. His comments here to Fox Sports on the field.
2: We came in here. I openly in the public called it a revenge tour. Called them out. Said they were next. We came in here, slashed their field before the game. And we still came out here and uh, just got after them every single play. Like I said, last week, you know, the prior couple weeks were for the boys. This one, just for our season. And uh, we knew that they couldn't hang with us. We we did what we had to do. Sometimes your little brother starts acting up, and uh, you just got to put them in place. Like, they they tried. They gave it their best. It just wasn't enough. Our guys came out on top, and uh, we're just going to continue to work and try to get better and build from here.
0: Now keep in mind, Winovich is an outgoing senior. He'll be entering the NFL draft. It will be up to his teammates to pick up the slack and run with his comment. A year from now, we've seen a lot of Twitter heat and interaction revolving around Chris Fry. And some of that has become controversial. The former Michigan State linebacker basically calling coach Jim Harbaugh trash. We see Brian Lawerke liking that tweet, calling coach Harbaugh trash. Uh, a lot of room to go here in this rivalry as we look ahead over a year from now I believe it's November 16th in Ann Arbor and between now and then hey the Wolverines will have bragging rights and part of the reason Adam I want to get to this uh, a question that you had today on the conference call for Don Brown and the masterful job that he has done with this Michigan defense particularly against a Michigan State team that I think if the Michigan offense doesn't turn that football over deep in their own territory at their seven yard line, setting up for that trick play touchdown by the Spartans, Adam, honestly, I think Michigan could have shut the Spartans out on Saturday.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're looking at Michigan state's only, you know, breath, of, you know, it's only, and I don't know if it was a move of desperation or if it was just like, Hey, look at the time. It was a good time for it. I mean, it was a well-executed trick play and, you know, we'd be probably talking about it a little bit differently had Michigan State been able to do something else on offense. But I mean, unfortunately for the Spartans, it took a t- like I said, a turnover deep in Michigan's zone, and boom, catch them by surprise, and 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 you get the touchdown after. You know, you get the touchdown out of it. But I mean, seventy nine passing yards, Lowryke five of twenty five for sixty six of those yards, fifteen rushing yards. I've seen sixteen on some stat sheets, fifteen on the uh, official uh, stat broadcast. Stats, so fifteen rushing yards, I mean, the time of possession really stands out too earlier, you asked me what's that forty one oh three Michigan to eighteen fifty seven Michigan state, so I mean, yeah, absolutely, this has all of the all the hallmarks of a blowout except for the twenty one seven score and really, I mean, like you said, this Mich- Michigan probably should have shut out Michigan state, and if you look at these numbers oh for twelve on third down i mean how how are they mm-hmm. moving the ball again in the scoring position? How are they sustaining drives so yeah, absolutely. This probably should have been a shutout.
0: Take us through as we set this up, then Adam. Your question for Don Brown, his answer to it, and what you really wanted to ask him and why.
1: Well, with Don Brown, he's a great. He's a. He's. You ask him a question, he's going to give you a great answer. Very colorful guy, and if you've seen some of these videos, um, I'm. I'm a fan of the four letter four letter vocabulary. So four letter word vocabulary, right? So Don Brown's got a lot of those. Uh, he kept a PG in this one, but I asked him about, you know, I mean the Notre Dame game. The first half. First half against Northwestern. What type of adjustments have you, did you have to make and what type of adjustments have you made that's brought Michigan's defense to here? Uh, ask them about the 0 for 12, the 15 rushing yards. And Don Brown gives a pretty detailed answer right here. The 0 for
4: 12, I, I, I can't recall if i have been... You know, obviously that's good numbers. And uh, the good thing about that is we were... You know, we had a specific plan going in... Um, And obviously, we're going to ride that plan uh, as long as it was effective. And, uh, you know, obviously, we're able to ride that for all four quarters. I thought our guys really, uh, you know, uh, handled the switch-offs and the coverage really well. And we – Josh Uche, Chase Winovich, and company did a nice job of – you know, uh, keeping the quarterback in the pocket because Brian, he, he can uh, really hurt you with his
1: feet as well. And if I could follow up real quick, Don, just what what are some of the major adjustments? I mean, we saw there were some defensive struggles against Notre Dame. You guys seem to rem- remedy that. A little bit of a first-half struggle against Northwestern. What has been the, the major difference? How has the defense gotten from cleaning up those mistakes to what it is right now?
4: Well, in in that uh, opening game, um You know, we really were hampered by penalties and uh, just kind of adjusting to the way um, the officials are calling the game this year uh, and adjusting our style of play to them uh, has been an important piece. And, you know, it's funny, you know, you're on the road at Northwestern, uh, which isn't an easy place to play, and you have a bad first quarter. Uh, we're on the road at Notre Dame. We have a bad first quarter. And, you know, the obviously the big push was, you know, in, uh, at Michigan State was getting off in the right foot. And I thought we attacked that uh, with a lot of energy um, coming out of the locker room and, and the guys just carried it through for 60 minutes. Michigan defensive coordinator
0: Don Brown in the conference call earlier today. Of course, the Wolverines, 21-7 winners over the Spartans. Adam Biggers with me, Ryan Schuling. This is the Great Lakes Divide podcast brought to you by Federal Williams, our proud sponsor Mike Williams here in the greater Lansing, Okemos area, but serving statewide for all buyers and sellers of homes. If you want to find out more information, go online, federalwilliams.com. That's F-E-D-E-R-A-U Williams. Com. Adam, we turn the page now to your encounter with Mark D'Antonio. Now, I asked him a couple of questions in the press conference earlier on Tuesday in which he's able to address us face-to-face. We heard his opening comments earlier. We'll get to my questions for him in a little bit. But just to give the timeline for people out there, what happens is at about 11.30 or so, he takes the podium at Spartan Stadium in the press area there, answers our questions for about 20 to 30 minutes, then leaves. Then he goes on the conference call for the Big 10, and this is where Adam generally has access to Coach D'Antonio, because Adam's not in the East Lansing area as much as I am living down here. So with all that kind of prefacing this, Adam, take us through the question. We'll hear it here in a little bit, but where this turned for you and why you feel you got the reaction that you did.
1: Well, Ryan, I figured you guys out there were already going to, you know, the Harbaugh thing was going to be, the, the pregame was going to be beaten to death, right? And, I mean, he was going uh, to, the, the Michigan State beat writers were, were going to ask for a, uh, D'Antonio's side, you know, rebuttal from what Harbaugh said yesterday. I fully expected that. So, with him on the conference call, I wasn't going to do that. Now, the, the conference calls, I guess, more so for national writers, too, who don't have the access all the time um, to these teams. You know, you'll, you'll have the national... You know, the Adam Rittenbergs and, and those kind of guys on the call. So I figure if anyone was going to ask that question to Mark D'Antonio, it was going to be one of those guys. I sure as hell wasn't going to because I know better, right? I mean, why why intentionally ask a question you know he doesn't want to answer after he's already said so in his press conference and it's already been covered? With that said, nothing about Brian Lewerke that I'm aware of. And Jim Harbaugh said that it looked like Brian Lewerke had a torn labrum, um, you know, and he said he really likes it. I mean, he was highly complimentary, Brian Lewerke, you know, and um, so I go into it asking that. And I say, Mark, you know, hey, I apologize if this has already been brought up. Uh, Harbaugh had mentioned on Monday, Brian Lewerke, uh, you know, and he didn't even let me finish and kind of jumped on me, ripped me a little bit. I'm surprised. It's not, never been ripped by Mark D'Antonio. I'm trying to think the last time, the last time I was ripped by a coach, um, it was either. Mott Community College basketball coach Steve Schmidt when I was at the Flint Journal. <laughs> and that happened a couple times. Coach Schmidt, um, uh, definitely a colorful guy. And actually, funny story, I'll say this. The, the time that I was ripped the hardest was when I was at the Flint Journal and I was covering the NAHL team called the Michigan Warriors. They came in after the Flint Generals, the IHL dissipated. Um, they came in It was it's an NAHL, so it's not quite as high-level junior hockey's OHL, but it's still good hockey. And they were on a road trip. I wasn't covering all their road games. Uh, so I, I call up Mo Manta. And if you're in the Ann Arbor area, you're well aware of who Mo Manta is. He's a big name in hockey. He actually assisted on Mario Lemieux's first goal. He played for the Penguins, and he was a coach of the United States men's national developmental team. So, and, uh, you know, heavily involved with Team USA hockey and, and things like that. Anyway... So I asked Mo, they lost, and I just asked Mo, you know, they had been playing well at that point, I think, or, you know, showing signs. And it was a down year for him, and I said, hey, Mo, um, you know, this loss, something just kind of short, like, what does it mean? Or, you know, I mean, what does this do to the team morale right now? And he goes, Adam, how in the F do you think we feel about this? And then he just starts going in uh a, a expletive-laced tirade, and I'm like, okay, well... I'm just going to write Mo Mantha was not happy about the loss. All right. Thanks, Mo. I'll see ya. So this one, Mark D'Antonio didn't, go, didn't quite go Mo Mantha on me, but um, I did not expect this response. So here's the question, and Mark D'Antonio. And, and I just saw on Twitter, Mark D'Antonio canceled his weekly one-on-one interview with Justin Rose of WXYZ as well. So Mark D'Antonio clearly not in a good mood this week. Hey, Mark, good afternoon. I, I know you just got out of your press conference, so I – I apologize in advance if you've already mentioned this, but uh, yesterday Harbaugh had mentioned that the Brian Lewerke. I talked about it. Read the notes. Read the notes. I wasn't there, Mark. That's why I was apologizing in advance.
4: Yep. Thank you.